Amen. Hopefully everybody has their lessons. She has the flu. Keep that away from here. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, and we are going to, this month, our discipleship lesson is going to be on obtaining a full revelation. Now, if you were here Wednesday night, you notice Wednesday night we were talking about a better revelation. Amen. And so we're going to, we're going to pick up. So that's, remember, our theme for the whole year is the theme better. Amen. And so our discipleship class this month is going to be on obtaining a fuller revelation. To the book of Acts, chapter 8, if you have your Bibles, uh, verse 26 through 40. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia and a eunuch of the great authority on the Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who have the charge of all their treasure, and have come to Jerusalem to, for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture, which he read, was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Peter, Philip, excuse me, and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, prophet this of himself or some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azustas, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Amen. So during this lesson, we want to look at some of the ways that we can obtain a full revelation of Christ. And the first thing is persevere and endeavor. Persevere and endeavor. To persevere, we know, is to continue on and what might be some difficult times. You've got to be able, as Paul says, keep pressing on. A lot of times, if we're going to know, if we're going to understand, we've got to keep going. A lot of times, it's easy to stop when it gets difficult. It's hard to, 
to keep pursuing and keep going when you feel like you've lost your energy and you don't have the zeal and the desire to keep pushing. This is when you must keep pressing on because if you're going to learn and know, you're going to have to keep going. Isn't it amazing that the disciples walked with the Lord, seemed like, for three and a half years or three years to three and a half years before they gained a fuller understanding of who he was. A lot of the things that Jesus did before them, they didn't really understand. They thought they understood, but they didn't. And there were times as Jesus got into the boat and he said to them, let's go to the other side. And then he would make comments uh, like, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the disciples immediately were thinking, he's talking because we forgot the bread on the shore. We didn't bring anything to eat. And Jesus says, how is it you don't understand? I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about the doctrine. See, one of the things about learning doctrine is you've got to continue to learn doctrine. You've got to put it, what you hear, to practice and understand so that you gain that knowledge of it. So sometimes in our walk with God, there are going to be some difficult times. And like I told you the other day, I think it was Wednesday night I, w- I was saying, uh, you know, you, you don't become a soldier without wounds. Somebody's going to hurt you. Somebody's going to get killed. You know, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some sickness. You're going to go through some things in your life. So we are called into the Lord's army. And Paul tells Timothy that we need to what? Endure hardness as good soldiers. You know, when I first joined the army, they told me it don't rain in the army. It rains on the army. So get out there in formation and stand, you know. <laughs> so you get all drenched, you know. They make you go through all kinds of stuff. You know, there's three stages uh, to becoming a soldier. You know, you got your slow improvement stage. Then you got your toughening stage. And then you got your sustainment phase of training that you go through. You know, when you first go in the army, they make you do maybe five or ten push-ups to start with what they call slow improvement. And then they hit that toughening phase where the drill sergeant tells you to get out and knock out 50. <laughs> you know, or 100 or stand on your, stand there until I come back and relieve you, you know. Uh, dig, a, a, dig a foxhole six by six by never. In other words, you just keep digging until I tell you to stop. You know, you go through these toughening times. And then after you learn the basic things that you're supposed to know, then you hit the sustainment phase, and you're never to forget it as long as you live. That's how it is in the church. We start out, we are not going to understand all the things that we are facing and what we're going through. But what the songs say, trials dark on every hand, and we cannot understand all the way that Christ will lead us to that blessed promised land. But he will guide us with his eye and we'll follow till we die. We will understand it better by and by. See, I have to keep going. I have to keep pressing forward in order to gain an understanding of where I'm headed and what I'm going through. Hosea, in Hosea 6.3, Hosea says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain, the latter and former rain upon the earth. So notice Hosea said we've got to follow on in order to know the Lord. 
We've got to follow. You know, what did Jesus tell the disciples? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So if we're going to know him, we've got to follow. This is why Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 4, 2. He says, follow me even as I am a follower of Christ. See, we have to keep going. If I want to know more of Christ, if there's questions that I have that I have not got my answer from God yet, I've got to keep pressing towards the mark. I've got to keep searching. I've got to keep seeking. Isaiah says in 55, 6, he says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. See, I've got to seek. I've got to look. I've got to dig into the word of God. I've got to go after the things of God. I've got to follow on. Amen. I can't turn back. Hebrews 10, 35 through 39 says, Cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. You have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet in a little while, he that will come will come and will not tarry. Now the just has got to live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them that draw back through perdition. We're them that believe to the saving of the soul. So I've got to keep going forward and following after the Lord if I am going to get an understanding of who he is, what he is, and what he has planned for me. John, right into the church, amen, in John chapter 1, verse 35 through 40, this may not be in your notes, but you got a Bible. Again, the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpret, Master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour or four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Now, I, I've always been wondering. I read the Bible, and I don't see the name Andrew nowhere else. Andrew. Now, why did they need to call him Simon Peter's brother? What was the uniqueness of calling him Simon Peter's brother? You know, I didn't just say Andrew. You know, there's no other Andrew listed anywhere in the Bible. See? So we follow on. Is John trying to tell us that Andrew was the one that won Peter to the Lord? Because the scripture do tell us he first find his brother Simon and says, Hey, we found the Lord, you know. Or is it trying to tell us something else unique about Andrew? Isn't it amazing how we see Andrew? He seems to be having children's church. He seems to, you know, when Jesus wanted to feed the 5,000, you know, they says that Andrew says, hey, here's a little lad. He's got two fish and five loaves, you know. Maybe he was having church. I don't have the answer. But you know what? I'm going to follow on until I find out. 
say. Because that's one of those things that, you know, I read scripture and I'm trying to wonder, what, why did they keep saying Simon Peter's brother? You know, what was unique, you know, about that? Is he want, does he want us to know that he was the one that brought him to the Lord? See? So these are some of the things we have to know, if, I meant follow on, if we want to know. We have to follow on if we're going to live. Amen. In, in the same way with Matthew, if you look at Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9, you know, you notice Matthew, as he writes his gospel, you know, he says, Jesus passed forth and thence and saw a man named Matthew. And you read all the other gospels, they call him Levi. <laughs> you know, what was unique that he wanted to say, hey, it was me. You know? He could have says, I was sitting at the seat of customs and the Lord came by and told me about They wanted them to know the name of who it was. See? Sitting at the receipt of customs and he said to him, follow me. And what did he do? He got up and followed him. The same command is to you and I. Come on, follow me. You know? If you ever go to Fort Benning, Georgia, as soon as you come through the gate, you will see a guy, a statue, with his rifle out, and his arm is like this, and he's saying, follow me. Iron Mike, they call him, follow me, because I am the infantry. Queen of battle, follow me. He says, come on, let's go into the battle. And that should be every one of our cry that is born again. We should be saying to the world and everybody, come on, follow us. You know, notice Andrew, Philip, they came and they said, hey, we found him. Come on. That Moses talked about. That should be all of our cry. Once we're saved, once we are born again, we should be telling others, you need to follow us. We found that that was lost. We found that that they've been seeking for. Amen. This is true. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if we're going to know we've got to get up and we've got to start following after the Lord. Jesus chose them. And he says to you and I, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you. So therefore, if he chooses us, then we need to follow him so that we can know his plan and his purpose for our lives. If you want to know your plan, if you want to know your purpose that, and reason that God chose you, then you need to follow. You need to go on so that you have a key understanding of what God desires for you and I to do. To know him, we must follow on to know him. I've got to keep going. I must persevere on to know. Amen. I've got to pray when I don't feel like praying. I've got to go to church when I don't feel like going to church. I've got to read my Bible when I don't want to read my Bible. I've got to study the word when I don't feel like it if I'm going to know him. Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, But it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of men, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. We, if I want to know what God has got for me, I've got to follow. 
What do you think he's got for you? Well, we know he's got heaven prepared for us. How bad do you want it? See? The children of Israel, they had some things they could follow. They had the cloud by day. They had the fire by night, the pillow of fire by night. Amen. Then they had the Ark of the Covenant. And when the Ark of the Covenant was, was made, it was out in front of them, which represents Christ. And they said to them, keep your eye on the Ark. It was well out in front so that everybody could see it. Now, you're probably talking, they say, some people say, probably 2,000 people. So it had to be way out in front so people could see it. See? And that was their mark. That was their target point. And that's where they had to follow on to know. You know, when I was in the Army, one of the things in land navigation, they would always tell us, pick out a point way in front of you. And shoot an azimuth to that point. And then you proceed and follow that azimuth to that point, And you will find your destination. If you deviate too far to the right or too far to the left, you're going to be off course. And if you get misoriented or disoriented on your trip to where you're headed, then what? Go back to the last known point and start again. So you, so you stay on track. Sometimes we get off track. Sometimes difficulties and things try to throw us off track. I'm coming to tell you today, you will always find that the altar is the starting point. <laughs> Everything flows from the altar. Okay? It's your starting point. So if you get disoriented, then go back to the altar. And start again. Shoot another azimuth. Amen. And keep going. But we got to follow on. If I want to know what God has for me. Amen. The children of Israel missed the promised land because of unbelief. They followed the fire. They followed the cloud. And they got there and they didn't believe. Wow. And, the, and we're warned by the Apostle Paul to let us not have that same spirit of unbelief in us. So I want to know, I want to continue to follow on so that I will have what I am seeking after. I must persevere to obtain the promises of God. Jesus tells us in Revelation chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, he says, devil going to throw some of you into prison. Ten days that you're going to be tried. He said, but he that endure to the end, the same shall be saved, and I will give you a crown of life. So will you keep following in adversity? Many, the Psalms descend, are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of all of them. Paul told the church at Galatians 6, 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. So we've got to keep pressing towards that mark. Amen. And John chapter 6, verse 66 uh, through 67, Jesus made a comment. He says, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And the Bible says from that point, many of his disciples went back and followed him no more. Amen. Because why? They did not have an understanding. 
say, they heard, but as Paul says, they did not mix it with their faith. They heard the word, but they didn't mix it with their faith. And so as a result, anytime you don't understand, if you lean to your own understanding, 99% of the time you'll revert and go back the other way. A lot of people come into the church and they don't have an understanding, but they don't follow on to get the understanding. Say, understanding don't come when you first think about it. When it first started, you're not going to understand everything. Like I said at the onset, I first went in the army. I didn't understand everything, man. There was many days I felt like going AWOL. <laughs> you know, when you're constantly being, you know, old dark 30 in the morning and you're being run half to death and your tongue is almost hanging out and, you know, you can't go anymore and they're hollering and yelling at you and grabbing you and pulling you and jerking you and, you know, all kinds of stuff and making you do push-ups because somebody went to the water fountain and took a drink of water after they, you know, they shouldn't have, uh, you know, or went and used the bathroom before the inspection or whatever or, or the ghost turds came down on your shoes. You guys don't know anything about that. You know, you got your shoes lined up under your bunk. They all stitch on looking good. And the guys buffer the center aisle of the barracks. And then the dust comes down and settles on your shoes. And the drill sergeant's called that ghost turds. <laughs> Why is the ghost turds on your shoes? Get out there and do some push-ups. <laughs> you know. So if we <laughs> but we have to follow on. <laughs> To know, and as I followed on, I, I got I got knowledge of why they did certain things, but what they was teaching us is that minor details will make you or break you. The minor details missed in war can kill you. So you need to have an understanding of why you do certain things. And they taught us a lot of the punishments and stuff we did was to build unity. To make me look out for my brother, make them look out for me, is what they did. But see, to start with, I didn't understand that. Uh, but I learned later on what they was doing and how it applied. And even today, I apply a lot of it. <laughs> you know, so, but we got to follow on. Amen. And so Jesus asked them, will you go, he asked his disciples, he said, will you go away also in, in John chapter 6? And Peter says, Lord, where are we going to go? You've got the words of eternal life. They're starting to catch on now. See, it would have been easier earlier in the walk with them to turn around because they didn't have the understanding. But they had now followed Christ for quite a while. And they began to understand. Peter had already realized at this point that Jesus was the Christ. You know, so they're following him and they're learning as they go forth. And, the, and you notice, as I said the other day in the scriptures, when John's gospel is taught, he, he brings you to a, 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 a oneness scripture and then he proves it to you with a miracle or, or something take place so you will get the knowledge of God. Amen. And so this is what the, the disciples has now picked up on. 
They have asked Christ. He has explained to them many things. So now they're getting their understanding so that they can continue to follow. As you remember the story when Jesus took Phil, I mean, Peter, James, and John up on Mount Transfiguration with them, you know, and they saw Moses and Elijah. And, you know, Peter wants to build three tabernacles. You know, at first he didn't understand. But when notice what Jesus told them before they came down. He says, don't tell anyone the vision until after the resurrection. See? And that's why a lot of times in the scriptures you find it says, then they understood what he meant. See? But if they had turned around and went back, they would not have gotten the understanding. I think about that a lot of times with certain people that, you know, quit serving God. They quit short, say, usually because of a lack of understanding, say. They, they say, you know, uh, I don't understand why you got to do all this. I don't understand why you got to do all that, you know. It's not about understanding to do all this and do all that. It's to continue on in Christ. He's the one that's pulled you out of darkness to his marvelous light to give you that understanding. So Hosea tells us that the people are destroyed. Hosea 4, 6, he said the people are destroyed. Why? For a lack of knowledge. As they say, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. You know, we need to have the knowledge of God. Solomon tells us in Proverbs 1, 7, you know, the beginning of wisdom, I mean, knowledge, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, see? So I got to know. I want to know why I'm doing what I'm doing and why Christ has done this. So we should not destroy ourselves due to a lack of knowledge. We've got to follow on. We've got to study the Word of God. Amen. We've got to be at church because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The harvest is ready, and sometimes we may not. Notice what Hosea says there. He says he will send the latter and the former. Why is he going to send the latter before the former? See? The latter rain comes to kill the crop so it can be harvested. The former rain comes to water the ground so it can be easily broken up so the seed can be planted. See? So God does things a little bit backwards sometimes. He comes and water us and so he can reap the harvest and then we become the seed to sow back again into the harvest field. Okay? So he's, he's watered you down. He's froze you <laughs> here in Wisconsin. <laughs> now you died off. See? Now you should be ready to sow the seed again. He that goeth forth with precious seed, doubting, shall come again, bringing his sheaves with him. See? So we got to follow on. There's so many things that are there. That's what the psalmist constantly says, Lord, open thou my, my understanding that I may understand thy law. You know, there's so much in the book. But you got to follow on to know it. you got to keep the point. Paul, writing to the church at Philippi in the third chapter in 7 through 14, 
But what things were gained to me, those I count loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either was already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of, Christ Jesus. Notice Paul says, I'm, I want Christ. He says, I count everything else that I got, all the honor, all whatever I have obtained. He says, that was nothing. He says, I don't care. He says, I don't mind losing that, that I can win and know the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Think about it. Amen. If, the, if you have knowledge of Christ, it's worth more than silver and gold. That's why, you know, Solomon says in Proverbs 8, he says, Wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things you could desire can't compare to it. You know, Paul told the church at Corinth, he said that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. So if I know God, the more I know of him, nothing else compares. You know that song, nothing else matters, nothing else in this world can do. Jesus, you're the center, and everything revolves around you. Amen. I want to know him. See? And so the more I know of him, the more joy I'm going to have, the more fruit I'm going to have, the more love I'm going to have, the more peace I'm going to have, the more temperance. The gifts begin to operate in my life the more I know about Him. I begin to understand how these things work and how it all comes together. Amen. And what He's trying to show me. You know, precept will become precept and line will be line and here a little and there a little. The more I follow on, the more I'm going to know. As I find in my walk with God now, every day I learn more. I understand more. I, you know, I'm understanding how the church operates and works more and how people operate more. You know, so I'm learning, but I got to continue on. So everything Paul said, Paul could have had all the honor in the world probably. He was zealous. Look at his scriptures he writes. He says, I persecuted the church. He was zealous, you know. But once Christ came into his life, he said, man, I, I don't need any of that. All I need is Jesus. See? Because nothing else matters. Nothing else can compare to him. Jesus says, what does it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? See? He has to be the center of it all. Amen. Just that excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Amen. Is what we need to know. So we don't want to be destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 5.13 that the people went into captivity due to a lack of knowledge. You know, you stop and think about how many people is in prison right now. They're there because of lack of knowledge. Think about it. We 
should not be captivated by the enemy of our souls. See? We got to follow on. We got to go after Christ. Amen. It's very important that we have Him in our life. Don't destroy yourself because of a lack of knowledge. Paul told Timothy 1, 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to do what? Show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. We've got to divide this truth. We've got to get into the word. Jesus is the truth. Amen. You need to know the word in and out. Amen. Upside down, inside out. It's your life. Search the scriptures. All scripture, Paul told Timothy, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions and righteousness, that the man of God and woman of God shall be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God wants you to be complete in Him. See? So we have to study the Word of God. The Lord says in John 17, 21, And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is life eternal. Amen. That we might know him, the only true God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. First John 5, 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and have given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. This is the true God, Jesus. But you don't get that if you're not following. Revelation comes when you follow. God is not going to let you just follow him and not tell you what's going on. You remember in Luke 24, when those two men was on the road to Emmaus and their heads are all hanging down and they're sad because of Jesus being crucified, you know, and as they're walking along, then Jesus comes up along beside them and he begins to talk to them and he says, why are you guys, why are you continents for? Why are you so sad? And they said, well, you're only one in Jerusalem, you know, the one happened. What are you talking about? You know? Jesus of Nazareth, man, we just knew he was the guy who's going to deliver us and save us. And they killed him. Jesus says, oh, fool, slow to heart, should not Christ have suffered and died? You know, like the scripture says. And he goes on with them, and it was coming late in the evening. What happened? He turns in with them, and as he began to sup with them, and break bread with them, and as he opened his hand, they realized who he was. And what did they say? Man, did not our hearts burn within us when he expound to us the scriptures? Amen. Like I said last Sunday, man, that cup makes a difference. It opens your understanding to some things. See? 
And this is what God wants. But they had to keep following in order to get the answer. We have to keep following him if we're going to get an understanding. He don't want us to be dumb. He don't want us to be without knowledge. He wants us to know everything that he has prepared for us. And John says he's the true God. Paul says, and without controversy, great is the mystery. You know, and when I was a kid, I, I used to like to read mystery novels. No, that's why I guess I like the game Clue so good much. It's mystery. You've got to find the answer, you know. And I find myself even now when I'm, when I'm studying in, in my devotion time, you know, I started, you know, I got my iPad here and I'm, and I'm studying and trying to find all kinds of stuff. What is he talking about? And, you know, and there's one scripture I'm, I'm still trying to find and get the answer. And I'm going to get it one day. You know, that's where the tower falls on the 18, Jesus said. Now, I can't figure that one out yet. But I'm going to find out what he's talking about. Maybe you can help me, okay? That's y'all's homework next week. <laughs> y'all can study that out and help me with that one, okay? Okay? So, anyhow, so we're going to move on here. Amen. But we got to have the knowledge. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, amen, that wake the righteous and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of Christ, and I speak that to your shame. Say, we are now, as Jesus says, servants and laborers. In, in Isaiah uh, 43, he, in 10 through 12, he says, You are my servants, said the Lord, and my witnesses whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. See? So we're his witnesses. So now we have the responsibility to bring this knowledge to those who do not know. See? We've got to start sharing the truth of the gospel. But I'm not going to be able to do that if I don't follow on. Say, I've got to keep going to be able to gain more knowledge. I've got to persevere. I've got to get into the Word. My heart was so rejoiced last week when, when all of you guys stood up here and was getting your, your bread and your certificate for reading your Bible through. You know what that spoke to me as a pastor? That you want to know more. You want to learn more. And that's the goal here. You see, we can't teach if, of what we don't know. See, you got to get into it. God wants us to get into it. Amen. So that we can grow in these goals that we have established for our church. Amen. And so we want to keep pressing on. Amen. And so that our understanding will be open. Amen. Praise God. So following on. I, I, in Second Kings, Elisha, when the transition between Elisha and Elisha, we know what takes place. Elisha says to Elisha, follow me. You know, and he says, well, first let me go and be my mother and father and everybody goodbye. And then he begins to follow him. And Elisha turns back to Elijah, turns back to Elisha and says, stay here. He says, because God has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha says, as the Lord liveth and as my soul liveth, I will not leave you. In other words, he says, I'm not going to stop following you. I'm going to follow you. 
What did he want to go to Bethel for? Well, Bethel represents the house of God. Amen. You're not going to know if you don't go to the house of God. Amen. The church is for purpose. It's established so that you can learn. There's a place of learning. Amen. To help you to be in fellowship. Neglect and not the assembling of yourselves together. You're my brother. You're my sister. So he takes him first to the house of God. I also believe he was trying to show him you can't have a ministry without the house of God. I think he was also taking him to show him where it all began. Bethel. Because that's where Christ's ancestors, Rachel and, you know, all those guys, Boaz, Bethlehem, Judah. Amen. So you go to Bethel, go to the church. And then what happens? He says, stay here. Because God is sending me to Jericho. He says, well, as my soul liveth and as the Lord liveth, I won't leave you. So to go to Jericho. I believe God will always show you the first miracle you do when you come out of the world. See, as soon as they cross the Jordan River, the first thing they encounter was Jericho. They walked around Jericho once a day. For six days and then seven times on the seventh day. And they shouted and the wall fell. Jericho was also known for, a, some scholars think, a, a place of teaching prophets. Yeah. And so, but anyhow, he takes him to Jericho. And then he turned to him and he says, stay here. For the Lord is sending me to Jordan. And Elisha says, as my soul liveth and as the Lord liveth, I won't leave you. And they come to the Jordan River, and Elijah, Elijah takes his mantle, and he hits the water, and it parts hither and hither. And they walk across on dry ground, and Elijah gets to the other side, and he says, what do you want? He said, I just want a double portion of your spirit. <laughs> he, said, you all, he said, you asked a hard thing, kid. Uh, he said, but i tell you what. You see me when I go up, it'll be done. All of a sudden, a chariot from heaven and the whirlwind came and departed them. And Elijah went up and his mantle dropped back down to the ground. And Elisha walked over and he picked it up and he walked back to the Jordan River and he smoked the Jordan River and says, Where is the God of Elijah? And the waters parted again, and he walked back across. Amen. And the scripture says he did twice as many miracles as his predecessor did. But he got it. Why? Because he followed. See? You've got to pick yourself out a mentor. You've got to pick yourself out someone to follow. Let it be Jesus. Follow him. Amen. And you'll get more than a double portion. Amen. You can have all heaven. You can have eternal life and that more abundantly. Amen. Whatever you have need of, amen, God will provide. But we must follow on, amen, and keep going until we reach that mark and be able to gain our understanding of what God has for us and what he has prepared for us. 
Because I have not seen and ear have not heard and it has not entered into the hearts of man the things God has prepared for them that love him. There is a fuller revelation of the truth of God's word. There's a fuller revelation that's waiting for each of us. There's things we haven't even scratched the surface of. But God wants us to know. Amen. Praise God. Well, by and by, well, when the morning comes and all the saints of God is gathered home, we will tell the story how we overcome and we'll understand it better by and by, my Lord. Trials dark on every hand and we cannot understand. All the way that Christ will lead us to that blessed promised land. But he'll guide us with his eye and we'll follow till we die. We will understand it better by and by, my Lord. Singing by and by, well, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. Hallelujah, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord God. We're going to follow on, oh God, to know you more, Jesus. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. God, I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your love, and your blessings upon us. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, 